Want to create more content? Sure, you can write more blog posts, create more Twitter threads, and produce more YouTube videos, but all of that sounds so exhausting. What if you could 10x your content output without really creating more content? Sounds too good to be true, right? That's the power of content repurposing. Problem is, is you're probably doing it wrong. Here's what Brian McCready, managing editor at Reforge, says about it. Reactive repurposing is where you publish something, you realize that it's engaging with people, that it's doing well on social, those things, and then deciding to create that extra promotional content might not hit the same as it did. Rather than being reactive, Ryan encourages more content teams to do something he calls active repurposing. He built a set of processes to embed repurposing into your content production. It's the exact same process he uses at Reforge as the managing editor at Foundation Marketing and at Vengage. In this Marketing Powers episode, you learn first, why content repurposing is a game changer for content teams. Second, what is reactive repurposing and why it's not ideal. Third, a real world example of active repurposing process. And fourth, a power up that's helped Ryan accelerate his career. Before we start, I've created a free power ups cheat sheet. You can download, fill in and apply Ryan's active repurposing process. Go to marketingpowers.com to get it right now or find that link in the description of the show. Are you ready? Let's go. Marketing Power Ups. Ready? Let's talk about marketing power-ups. One of the power-ups you uh, have built a framework around is content repurposing. That's taking what piece of content, let's say a blog post, and repurposing it into a video or Twitter thread or any other things. Can you can you share why this is such a game changer for marketing? Obviously, for people in content, they're like, oh, this is this is obvious. But for for people who have not about heard about what content repurposing is, why is it such a great game changer for for marketing teams? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like I've been doing repurposing under different names for my entire career. I, mean, I feel like repurposing like, in the past couple of years, it's kind of been what we're calling it. Um, so it's definitely been a part for my career. I've, I've always, I think I've always wanted to get my content in front of as many people as possible, whether it's Gage, whether my own stuff, whether Foundation, Reforge, any of those places. And I figured out that when you're just sharing links to your blog post, links to whatever on social, people aren't clicking those. I mean, that might've worked five, six, 10 years ago when there wasn't so much noise on social. There wasn't our, we weren't being distracted so much throughout the day by all these other things that are popping up. But now you really have to put your content almost on a silver platter in front of people, get them get them excited to click into it. And like repurposing was one of one of those power-ups I figured out uh, probably three or four years ago, I started writing threads for almost all of my content and just writing supporting threads that broke down the content, gave them a, a good introduction on what it was, got people hyped. It didn't bury the lead in the actual blog post. It gave them some interesting stats or a fact or something that I found and then using that excitement drove them to the blog post. If I would have shared if I would have shared the blog post and that's it, don't think I would have got the same results. And the same thing I used to say approach with the LinkedIn slide decks. Like I don't want to toot my own horn, but I was probably one of the first people sharing those and now everyone shares those. Um it just I figured out that LinkedIn loved showing those to people because it, it 
it itched their engagement engagement kind of thing on their algorithm, like people clicking through those and just push those forward. Um, and we saw so many, so much more shares, so many more comments. It just helped the content get in front of so many more people by taking that extra step instead of just throwing up a link. You're reaching more people essentially with uh, the yes. same piece of content. Uh, with, exactly. You know, same amount of, uh, you know, with the same content idea, you're able to, you're efficient. It's a, it's another thing really great about efficient. it is like, it's, it's yeah. very efficient rather than like thinking of a hundred blog posts, you're actually exactly. able to multiply the output. Yeah. You're not, you're not writing, you're not one of the, one of the things that always threw me was people are just like more content, more content, more content. And for some reason people are like, oh, that means a hundred blogs. We need to publish a hundred blogs. You could just publish one blog and remix it, repurpose it. 20 different times, like, turn that into a video script, turn that into a podcast, turn that into whatever you want. And especially if it's a popular blog post, like if it's resonating with your your customers or your following or whatever, don't ditch that. Don't ditch that idea. Repurpose it into something because if it's if it's hitting the right, the right people, you want to continue like engaging with them. You don't want to throw some random idea right at them because they might be like, eh, not what I'm looking for. So good. I am a big fan of uh, of that approach. It's all it's about that efficiency. I want to sh- talk about this concept that you that you shared around reactive repurposing. What it what is that, and why is that like not something that it's not ideal for marketers for marketing teams, content teams to be doing when they think about content repurposing? Yeah, I think I think that kind of ties back to your efficiency comment of marketers, especially going over the next year when. We have a lot of uncertainty. We need to be super efficient with our content and smaller teams even next year might might be a reality for a lot of companies. So just the efficiency you can pull from content you've already you've already published and stuff like that is going to be really important. That said, reactive repurposing is where you publish something, you realize that it's engaging with people, that it, it's blowing up, it's ranking well. It's doing well on social, those things, and then deciding to create that extra promotional content. You kind of missed your time um, to repurpose that content because unless you can get it out very, very quickly, which most people can't, unless you can get it out that same day, it's it's reactive. You're reacting to something that happened, and by the time you're done, a week, a month later, repurposing the content into a video, it might not hit the same right. as it did when everything was launched the first time. You might have missed your moment. Um, so a lot of people use that reactive repurposing approach where they wait to see if content is going to be popular before they invest. But it sometimes works. I think it's a I think it's not very efficient to do that because again, you're just guessing to see a week or two later if it's going to do well and it's going to take over Twitter or whatever or blow up on LinkedIn. When you when you launch it, you want to make sure it has as much impact as possible. And exactly. You know, if you're just like, oh, okay, let's wait and see kind of thing, that's uh not necessarily the most uh effective approach to it. Yeah. Because the opposite to reactive repurposing is active uh yeah. repurposing. Can you explain what that is and why is why is that more more ideal for for a better approach than yeah, that one. This is something I coined the reactive and active repurposing is something I coined probably this time last year when I was just trying to think of 
better ways to describe these processes. And reactive is, like I said, you wait for a piece of content to do well. You're waiting on those numbers. And sometimes you might not get those numbers for a month or two months or whatever. Like it takes some time to make its way through the algorithm to rank on, or to rank on Google, all that fun stuff. But with active repurposing, instead of waiting for that content to do well to get data from it, you're moving your repurposing motion up into the production phase. So with with reactive repurposing, you're waiting till after it's published. You're, it's outside of the production phase. But on the other hand, with active, you are moving it up to kind of the same phase that you're writing the blog post. And I found that so much more efficient that you can go in and say, oh, this is a cool process. We should turn this into a slide deck. And you basically could just comment, we should turn this into a slide deck in the Google Doc and then put it into your own repurposing engine. And that approach is so much more efficient than publishing something and being like, oh God, we have to figure out something else to help promote this. And you're just like scanning the thing. You're like, oh, here's a quote. We can use that. And mm-hmm. quotes are fine, but... There's, there's a lot better pieces of content you can pull out of those articles that you're publishing. I, l- I love how you approach that. You're like already thinking about like how yeah. embedding repurposing into the content production process is not like an afterthought, essentially. You're giving your content the best chance to catch fire, basically, by moving it up into the production phase. Because then instead of just pushing a blog post with a, a blog post link with a well-written social share or something to your email list. You've got all this content that you can promote it over like an entire week. And then you have it in the future to use. Like if it's it's one of your evergreen pieces of content, it's something you can just continue to throw up once a month or something like that. That's so good. I I really, really, that's such such a tweetable thing you just said. Like you're giving it the best chance. You're giving you content the best chance to catch fire, essentially, which is... Yeah, uh, so good. You know you need to drive metrics, so give it the best chance to drive those metrics. Don't just like wait for it to happen. Before we continue, I want to thank those who made this video possible, 42 Agency. Now, when you are in scale-up mode and you have KPIs to hit, the pressure is on to deliver demos and signups. And it's a lot to handle. Demand gen, email sequences, rev ops, and even more. That's where 42 Agency, founded by my good friend Camille Rexton, can help you. They're a strategic partner that's helped B2B SaaS companies like ProfitWell, Teamworks, Sprout Social, and HubDoc build a predictable revenue engine. If you're looking for performance experts and creatives to solve your marketing problems at a fraction of the cost of in-house, look no further. Go to 42agency.com to talk to a strategist to learn how you can build a high-efficiency revenue engine now. You can find that link in the description below. Let's jump back in. When you shared this active and reactive repurposing, you shared this uh, this sh- approach, uh, the content repurposing menu. What what is this, and how how can people use this to help them think about repurposing in an active way versus a reactive way? I I really like the content repurposing menu, and I'm guessing a lot of companies already have it. They might call it something different, or it might just be kind of a process that's already built in. But basically what the content repurposing menu is, how I built it is you build out a Google Sheet and for every main piece of content, so a blog post, a podcast, or whatever you're putting out, a video, a interview, anything that you're doing, 
you you outline all the pieces of content that you can repurpose that blog post, that podcast into, and it helps you think about where what you're actually going to create when you're creating the blog post. So, for example, if you're writing or just like this podcast, if you're thinking about you're going to put a podcast out, you need to or you can create a video. You can create video clips for Instagram. You've got all your all your opportunities for repurposing in a spot. So you're always thinking about like, oh, we can turn this into this. We need to bake that into the production process. We need to tell as we're as we're recording the podcast, maybe we should say, oh, this is a good clip for X. So just changing your mind or kind of changing your mindset of being a little more active instead of like waiting until after, like I said earlier, is is a is a big shift. And with the content repurposing menu, you know exactly your outputs as you're like working on the first main piece of content. And I decided to call it a menu because, and this is this is something that I think some people struggle with too. Like you don't have to repurpose it to everything. You don't have to turn every blog post into 15 different repurposed assets. You can pick and choose. Like some some work well as a slide deck because it's got a nice easy to follow process. Some might work well as a video because you have a really smart subject matter expert talking, but you don't have to do everything for it. I think when I wrote the article, like I said something along the lines of, you don't order everything on a menu when you go to a restaurant. You pick, <laughs> pick a few <laughs> things. So good. Sometimes I feel like I need to order everything, but you pick a few things to satisfy your goal of being, of being not hungry or being full. And you can kind of think of like the repurposing menu in the same way, you pick a few things to get you that goal of whatever you've said. That's such a great like analogy where you, you're you're thinking uh, a bit. You could even like a buffet where you pick and choose, but you don't want to. Maybe you want a little bit of each for for one time, but you know you don't want to get too full because you might throw up. Yeah, <laughs> everything on that buffet, you definitely will throw up. That leads to the question around how do you decide. Uh, where, uh, which content you should repurpose for everything and which ones you should. I'm guessing, you know, the ones that are probably more high value, high effort stuff, you want to give it the best chance because you invested a lot in it. So you want to repurpose it to everything versus something that's more, let's say end of year roundup where maybe that's not such a big thing for that particular company. Maybe you just repurpose it for the newsletter. Like how, how do you think about that approach? Well, what you should content you should repurpose for what? I think for some, you can be like, for every podcast we put out, we're going to do X, Y, Z, three different things or repurpose it into all these different things. And once you build that process out, it becomes pretty easy to follow. But yeah, with those high value ones, you, you want to take big swings with them. You want to make sure that um, it gets in front of everyone. You put a bunch of effort into it. Why wouldn't you spend an extra 10% more to repurpose it into all these different things and give it that extra effort? Cause you really never know. I mean, you can, you can do a lot of work on something and it goes flat, but if you give it a better chance of catching in the algorithm or some influencer finding it, I mean, you never know what happens. Like I've, I've told the story a ton of times, like, Part of the reason I even joined Vengage was one of my first articles I put out, Rand retweeted it and shared it with his newsletter. And then 
Eugene, the founder, found it through that. Like you never know That's so good. where where content is going to land. So giving it the best chance you can to be in front of as many eyeballs or the right people or whatever whatever your goals are is worth that extra 10%, extra five hours that you spent on just repurposing it. Because, and this this ties into my my rant of you don't always need to be publishing new blog content. You can repurpose it. You can do all that stuff and you can extend the life of content by repurposing instead of chasing that, oh, we need to publish five blog posts a month. Maybe you publish one and just repurpose it super well and the impact is exactly the same and you spent one third of the time, one third of the effort on getting it to that point. That's so good. I, I, I love that that uh, approach, you know, uh, really thinking about that. Is there an example you can share maybe at Reforge or even at Vengage where, you know, you've thought about repurposing early on and it's kind of, you know, help get more reach for that uh, one piece of content rather than just doing it reactively? When I was at Vengage, I mean, we did a lot of repurposing, but um, probably one of the best one from like an active standpoint was... um, when we had put out our yearly graphic design trends article. And from the beginning, we would be, we'd be building out a, an infographic, a video, all these different things to launch when it went live, basically. We'd be building out slide decks, everything. And we don't, we'd even write like guest posts before we even had placement for it, just to make sure that we were the, and anything that you're doing with, yearly stuff the earlier you can get it out like we were published in like september because we wanted to be the first one out there and like having those guest posts ready to get links back in the day it was invaluable i mean it was so it probably helped us rank number one every single year because we just took that very active approach we knew what we needed to do and instead of waiting for after to like build links and create slide decks and create Twitter threads and create the video, it was happening as almost like a campaign instead of just a singular blog post. And I think if you can think about your big high value ones as campaigns instead of just a single piece of content, you'll you'll kind of change the thinking around how you promote those as well. That's so, so good. Thank you. That's another quote that you had from that article around thinking about your content as campaigns instead of uh one-off things, I think good way to approach it. I was just thinking like is once, once you flip that switch in your team's mind too, they become a lot, I feel like they'll become a lot more on board for the active part of the repurposing. They'll say, oh, we could do this as the production's happening or, oh, I thought we could turn this into a video. It'd be great. So once you think about it as a campaign, everything kind of lines up a little easier because you know you're going to need a promotional email. You know you're going to need all these different assets instead of just like, hey, we threw this blog post up on the blog. Hopefully someone sees it. And it's, this approach is something you're also doing at Reforge at the moment where uh, before we recorded, you said that you have a ton of video content. So now you're thinking about how to approach uh, a f- for the future around a, an active repurposing uh, process. Yeah, we just... we. We, for all of our cohorts, we record a ton of video uh, for the member events where uh, subject matter experts, basically the smartest people you you know in product marketing engineering come in and break down case studies, talk about frameworks, 
all that fun stuff. And we haven't really done anything with it. And there's a ton, there's so much good info and knowledge in that uh, video or in that webinar, whatever we want to call it. And we're just not really doing anything with it. And now we're taking kind of that active approach of, hey, we probably can use this to promote how great our cohorts are and how great our content are because it's such a good, it's almost like, I want to say product-led growth because I feel like that's a buzzword right now, but it's kind of in that thing of showing like our our product is content at Reforge. We have the best content in the game, I'll say it. And giving people that that insight on how great our content is is going to be such a superpower in the next year. Super, I love it. Uh, you're right, product led, product, content led growth. You know, you're thinking about content as a as a product now, so that's super cool. Well, one thing I want to start testing in the new year when we have some of these super smart people, and this is something that just came to me in the last couple of days, is like, how can we, when we're talking with them, when we have them for an hour, how can we spend five minutes asking them, like actual search search driven questions of like, what is your favorite product strategy framework, build an entire blog post around that minute answer that they do. Stuff like that. Just taking taking a more active approach of like, we have these really smart people. They love to share information with us. How can we be a little more efficient about taking that and turning it into a blog post, a video, whatever, that we can use to promote how great our cohort is and how great our content is? Um, that's exciting. Uh, definitely exciting times for sure. I want to switch gears and talk about careers and marketing careers, particularly you've been in marketing for for well, over eight years now. Uh, I'd love to hear what's one thing, um, career power up, so to speak, or something that's helped you advance your career forward, a tip or an advice or something that's particularly been helpful for you, for your advancement in your career. If I can sew it up into one thing, it's... Send the message, send the DM, send the LinkedIn message, send whatever, talk to people, send the email. You never know who has been following your work and who is a fan of it and who wants to chat and who wants to just be friends with you in the marketing world. And I think that was the biggest power up over the past like two years. I feel like I've accelerated my career growth so fast just by being part of the community and being friends with all these super smart people who are teaching me about different frameworks I can use, just different ways to think about content. And then then we get on, then I get on podcasts like this. Like we just have been chatting for the last year and, and led to this. So like, just send the message, be, don't be afraid because 90% of the people in marketing or in your niche or whatever you are, are super nice people who are looking to make friends in that niche as well. It's not like you're going to be ridiculed for reaching out to someone saying, Hey, I really like your work. We should chat sometime. Cause that's how great great kind of professional relationships start. You never know where they're going to lead. That's that's so true. I mean, how we met was Amanda Natividad introduced both of us yeah. on Twitter. And that's it. I, yeah. got, I got the ball rolling. And now we've been chatting. You're on the show. We talked weekly. Yeah, it's it's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Uh, that is so true. In terms of uh, an advice for your younger self, like what what's a, an advice or two that you would give yourself, uh, that eight, your eight-year younger self? Just starting into marketing, you know, Ryan, who's just gotten out of college and trying to get into marketing and the uh, first marketing job. What advice would you would you give to your younger self if you could travel back in time? Yeah. I think I've got two 
two great pieces of advice. I would say, well, three. I think what I said about sending the message, being okay to reach out to everyone, build your build your crew, if you if you want to call it that. Just don't be afraid to talk to these random people. They're nice people. So definitely one. That took me a long time to get there. It took me like five years of being in the space to get to that point. Um, two, I think it would be um, like it kind of ties back to imposter syndrome. Like everyone's just figuring it out. Even like the smartest people you know in marketing are putting in the work to figure things out. They don't know everything. They might like I don't. I don't know everything. I I humble myself all the time about things that new things that I learn and new ways to change how I approach things and just being, being okay with not knowing everything about everything is, is a, is a big thing, but being driven to go better yourself and figure those out. And then I think the third one is don't lose your voice. I have a very distinct voice and how I write and like, I've never polished that down for anyone. The first article I wrote at Ben Gage was titled millennials don't suck you're just old <laughs> and it blew up because it was it was it used data to basically like refute all the things that older people thought about millennials and all the young people thought it was hilarious all the old people hated it but they shared it and it right, blew so up and just taking that taking that that kind of i don't want to say combative voice but just just keeping your voice very true to who you are and figuring out what you want to talk about, especially in marketing, you can you can do a lot with just being like very genuine. That's so good. I love that. Don't, uh, you know, you, your voice is a superpower on its own. Like it's very unique. Yeah. So people should use that for sure. Thank you. For yeah, sharing. you have a super. Everyone has a different background. My background comes from economics. I take a very data driven approach to everything I do. And if I didn't do that, I would just be like everybody else, and no one wants to read a generic marketing thing. They want to read something data driven. They want to read something that you stumble upon because you're interested in it. Yeah, I mean, no, we're not necessarily um, trying to write. You know, we're not talking about like search algorithm, but it is like authority. You're building authority. You have an authoritative voice, yeah. essentially, for your unique experience that yeah. Google could see us as, uh, as an authority. Exactly. Yeah, and as we go forward with all this AI content and stuff, like. Eat, eat, eat is going to be so important. And that's that's one thing that I'm very excited to be a Reforge from because we do have that expert. We have the authority, the trustworthiness. We have all of that from these amazing people. So I, I'm, very, I'm very excited about our content for the next year or two. Well, that was fun. I hope you learned as much as I did from Ryan. Now you can go ahead and follow Ryan on LinkedIn and Twitter to get more content like this. And you can find those links in the description and show notes. Thanks to Ryan for being on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, you'd love the Marketing Power-Ups newsletter. I share the actionable takeaways and break down the frameworks of world-class marketers. You can go to marketingpowerups.com to subscribe and you'll instantly unlock the three best frameworks that top marketers use to hit their KPIs consistently and wow their colleagues. I want to say thank you to you for listening and please like and follow Marketing Power-Ups on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you feel like extra generous, kind of leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and leave a comment on YouTube. Goes a long way in others finding out about marketing pops. Thanks to Mary Sullivan for creating the artwork and design. And thank you to Faisal Taigo for editing the intro video. And of course, thank you for listening. That's all for now. Have a powered up day. Marketing Power Ups.
Until the next episode. <laughs> <laughs>